Hey everyone, welcome out to episode 226 of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. I'm Nick Nitro, and uh, before we get to our uh, to a little bit about tonight's episode, a few things. Uh, first off, our sponsors. This episode of The uh, Good, The Bad, and The Geeky is sponsored by Pack Rat Comics. Pack Rat Comics is a fun, family-friendly comic shop located in the heart of Old Hilliard here in Columbus, Ohio, with a wide selection of new and old comics, graphic novels, t-shirts, action figures, statues, and years of experience and the love of comics. Pack Rat is your local family comic shop providing for all your comic book needs. Scope them out online via packratcomics.com or check them out on Facebook by searching for Pack Rat Comics. You can also check out Jack DeBerry and the Pack Rat Show on packratcomics.com. This episode is also sponsored by TheTVKing.com. Scope out tons of reviews, watch your favorite television shows online, and much, much more at our amazing sponsor, TheTVKing.com. You can also check out The TV King on Twitter by Twitter.com forward slash TheTVKing. All lowercase, all one word. Isn't that what's awesome? So check them out. Uh, also, this episode of The Good, The Bad, and Geeky is sponsored by Audible.com. Over 100,000 titles to choose from. Sign up and get a free audiobook and a 14-day free trial just by clicking on the link on our webpage, gbgpodcast.com, or on the show notes, or by going to audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. That's www.audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. And a little FYI uh, for those of, of you guys out there, um, within the next, I would say, by the end of the weekend, if you uh, have not listened to episodes 178, 180, and 184, they are slowly being replaced uh, one at a time. And uh, just throwing that out there casually, of course, that uh, that's sort of the game plan. So by actually, I would say by Christmas, expect all those episodes to be replaced. And if you have the uh, GBG app, you can get the original episodes there. But uh, I would say after New Year's, those episodes will no longer be there. The original episodes will no longer be there, or at least to the general public. Um, if you want more, uh, wait for those episodes to come back to come back up. Uh, they will be uh, right now. I believe it's they're called. Uh, That's what she said. Uh, Mailbag day and uh, I, I'm forgetting the last one. But the point is, it won't be around. So please, 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 just try to uh, advise that. Um, Try to advise. I'm trying to advise you that if you want to hear some really, uh, you know, when you hear Nick Argenbright, aka me, being a giant douchebag, douchebag jerk on the show, then check those out. I mean, there is a reason why I'm removing them, folks. So remember, check them out. Episodes 178, 180, 184, and uh, if they've already been replaced, well, then hey, check out the other stuff from the podcast UBG presents. Well, anyway, episode 226 is what you're listening to right now, if, if I would just quit rambling. Features our good pal J.T. Shea from Night Gig Studios. You can check out the, web, the website, nightgig.com. You can also check out uh, tons of uh, stuff that J.T.'s done with Night Gig, such as the Gigcast and uh, J.T. Ux at 40. And, of course, the podcast he does right now with Kevin Heyman, another good friend of mine of the show, uh, drawing their own conclusions. A, it's a fun podcast. Uh, you can check them out on uh, uh, or subscribe to them directly via uh, iTunes by going to pcast forward slash forward slash feeds dot com forward slash DTWC. So check them out. And uh, this episode we talk about Doctor Who. That's all I can really say about that. And JT's been a good friend of mine uh, via the internet. And then we met a few times after going to MegaCon. He's one of the coolest guys around, guys. Uh, you should check him out anywhere, pretty much anywhere and any, every way you can. It's awesome. So here's JT Shea and I talking Doctor Who, the Day of the Doctor, on episode 226 of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. Warning! The podcast you're about to hear is very filthy. We say naughty words you would use as an adult anyway. It'll cause you not to eat your vegetables, and your mom generally thinks it's a bad idea. Any moment of the show that has any similarity to the history of any person living or dead, real or fictional, to real events are entirely unintentional and coincidental. Unless we're specifically noted, otherwise in the cast and crew credits, all celebrity voices are impersonated and new celebrity has endorsed any aspect of the show.
know the the nod to that at least you know in the Avengers, but right. And the <laughs> only thing that I could think of that they could uh, go for that could maybe change my mind, and they would have to do a spectacular job. Would be they would have to make a reference to his lack of humanity in the sequel. But I don't think they're going to have time for that because they're too busy setting up Batman, Wonder Woman, and God knows who the fuck else. It's I, if they, I could I could go with that if he didn't grow up in fucking Kansas. <laughs> I'll go with that too. He grew up human. He may not be human, but he... That was the whole point of... I mean, Christopher, the whole Christopher Reeve thing was great because he... He tried to be. He tried to be human. He was trying so hard to fit in. That was the whole thing. With this one here, he's like, "Well, to fuck with the hell with these people, I don't really care. I was just that, whatever." And it just, yeah. just all falls right. I mean, buildings falling over. I mean, a la World Trade Center, just holes in buildings, just knocking, just mass destruction, and still showing people working in the offices as they're going through. So. There's been no evacuation. There's been nothing. How many thousands of people died on that fight? I mean, just... Oh, ungodly ugh. amounts. Right. And the other, the other thing I thought was funny, too, is... Well, okay. Uh, but the funny thing I thought that, that of your review was I, was I was sort of dead on. I didn't really think about it until actually you said it, which is... The government just goes up. It's like, well, you're just okay with us. Or you're going to be okay with me. And that's all we're going to have to say about that. Yeah. And you're just like, well, really? Like, oh, okay. I didn't really think about that before. Like, I guess my the, the billion dollar drone crashes in front of a general in the middle of the desert, and you know his driver's like, well, he's kind of hot. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, then we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's like they tried way too. Well, here's the other thing too: is like they have no sense of comedy or you know pathos. I guess to really mix it up a bit. It's just so heavy handed that it's just you know. They could maybe try to savor it, uh, not savor it, but save it a little bit more. Or you know what I mean? You might be able to uh, give a little bit more of a blind eye to it because at least they're trying to do a little bit of everything. And no, it's just pure out Superman sad. And we should all be sad too. Like, I, that's my, you know, they, they did the best they could do, I think, the way they did the, the, the Reeve movies. But you, there really can never be a. I don't think there can ever be a really good Superman movie because I mean he's not a he's not there's no the drama there just isn't there. He can be a good he can be a good character in another movie maybe, but as a movie focused on Superman, yeah, at least not on Earth. I mean, if he's out fight, you know out maybe fighting inhuman characters that. You know, but to to try to build a drama, an action movie, sure. But to try to build some sort of, I don't know. He's just not. There's. I, I just don't see it. I mean, they try the emo thing, and that's just no. It's, sorry, it's not going to work. It's just not. Yeah, and, and the thing is that it's sad too is that you know. Oh, well, here's this. Which do you think was better or worse, really, Man of Steel or Superman Returns? Oh, they're both bad in such different ways. <laughs> it's true. It's so very true. But like, did you did you like Brandon Rue Superman more than or less than Henry Cavill's? Or uh, I I think the 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 problem I have with them is the uh, I didn't like the emo Superman bit with the you know crying outside the window. With, you know, is that my kid? At the end, which is kind of stupid, and, and the and the going back to to Krypton. I mean, really, you know, he can fly faster than the speed of light. I don't think so. Um, and I don't know. They, they both have their problems uh, with trying to rewrite. You know, one of the first superheroes trying to rewrite that to make it interesting, which they were trying to do with the whole. Um. So what? He's out of the Earth's the, the the glow of the sun for, and in the in a Kryptonian atmosphere for what fifteen minutes, and that's enough to make him, you know, vulnerable. I mean, that's all it takes. Right. And here's my problem with Superman Returns too: is that you have Kevin Spacey, a wonderful actor, being Lex Luthor, a part he is really good at doing, but that you have his whole plot point being yet another fucking attempt at grabbing land, which is just like, dude. Right. 
Why are you always obsessed with land? <laughs> like, there's land everywhere. <laughs> I just, oh my god. Um, but yeah, I, I heard that, and I, it made my it made my heart smile that you went back and, and reviewed it because that's the one thing like that I felt a hundred percent is that it's like, you know, don't get me wrong, this is the Superman fight I always wanted to see, but I thought it would be. I think I, I wished I would cared more what was going on during it. Yeah, I mean, they they gave a good reason for Zod doing what he's doing. I like that that they gave they gave that. Okay, Zod was programmed from birth to protect Krypton, and Superman has the written in his DNA yeah. what need to rebuild Krypton. That's great. That's wonderful. But okay, they have this machine that can turn any pretty much. I'm guessing any planet into a suitable Krypton. Hello, Mars is just there. It's waiting for something to do what needs to be done to make it habitable. Mm-hmm. Oh, one one rock out, guys! Come on, just. You know, one rock out, and you can be our neighbors. How does that sound? I mean, I mean seriously. I mean, it's that. I mean, they have that kind of technology. The trout terraform looks like almost any rock into a habitable krypton. You know, the new krypton. Yeah. Why does it had to be Earth? That still doesn't. Yeah. Obviously, our sun isn't good for you. I mean, you're still going to have the wrong sun orbiting the damn. You know, the planet's orbiting the wrong type of sun. Obviously, how is that going to help? I mean, there are just things like that that just, you know, yeah. whatever. But I mean, yes, the re- that was. I mean, it made sense why Zod would want to get, you know, Superman's body to get the information needs to fulfill what he was born to do: protect Krypton. I understand that. That made sense yeah. a lot more than the, the the original movie with the, you know, I'm just going to get revenge because I'm pissed off at your dad. Sure. All right. But that, I mean, that, that, but you know, honestly, in a, in a comic book type movie, revenge is good enough. That's all you need. I mean, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I, in my head, though, as you were saying that, um, you know, the whole revenge thing is like, uh, if the Monty Python did their own take of that whole shtick, is like, Cheeky Bastard's really pissed, isn't he? Like, you know, you could just see. <laughs> You just sort of see that play out. Like, he's bloody well pissed. Aye, yeah, yeah. Ooh, killed your father. Ooh, you know. And It's like, it's not fun. Have you seen the bit of... Uh, I, I don't like the show itself, but the one the guy's really good at doing Batman, the Christian Bell Batman. It's the guy after Conan. Uh, it's where Superman lands and asks Batman to team up. And he's like, you're a pansy. Why would I want to team up with you? You destroyed a whole city. You have no care for any human life. Pretty much every flaw with Superman in general and with the movie in general he brought up. And uh, the whole the, the whole actual like punchline, though, was is that Commissioner Gordon came up and was agreeing with Batman. And then he started ragging on Clark's the ability that he just puts his glasses on, takes them off... And you know you you think that disguises you from another person, and Gordon takes his glasses off, and Batman's like, "Oh my God, Gordon, where did you go?" <laughs> and it ends up being that he's really sincere; he has no fucking clue that where Gordon is, and with his glasses off. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! Yeah, I, it, it's 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 really funny if you get a chance to Google it up because the guys—I mean, it's a dead-on like Christian Bale because everyone does the Christian Bale, like I do the Christian Bale thing. But you know, I mean, but it's like he can carry it, keep carrying it over like multiple sentences, and not have it like fall flat. Like it's, it's pretty impressive. I do that for a minute, and my voice dies. I, yeah. it's, I love that one that the funnier die did with the um when they're in the. Uh, have you seen that the sex one? No. The, oh yeah. Well, with um, it's a scene at the end of uh um, the Dark Knight, uh, the last last Dark Knight movie, when they're they're. They've got the um, Bane and Batman are there, and the chick reveals herself to be the bad guy. You know, to, yeah. to be she's the daughter of Raja Ghul, and it's like seriously. I mean, we were just doing it last night, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Like, I'm, I'm writing that down so I can watch that because that sounds hysterical. For use protection, and you said no, right? <laughs> <laughs> That was your plan because I'm up for some more of that if that's what you want. And it goes back and forth, and it goes on and on and on and on. It's just it's hilarious. It's awfully rude, but it's awesome. Oh my! 
Oh, that's hysterical. Did you hear that he actually had to wear Val Kilmer's suit? Really? Yeah, apparently in his audition. That's how he came up with the voice. Apparently it's on like one of the Ultimate Blu-ray trilogy, whatever, that they just released. They have like actual auditions of him in Val, it's in Val Kilmer's suit, and the original take, I think, doesn't really have him doing the voice. He just is doing like... Hello, I'm Christian Bale. I'm or I'm Batman. I'm blah blah blah. He's doing the lines, but just straight up as English or American English accent. Right, right. Christian Bale, and and apparently he uh, told his wife or something uh, that he did that, and he felt it was stupid or yeah, it was really weird. I, I thought, well, that's bizarre because the the only thing I took away from that first movie is that though that line where he's like, "It's not who you are; it's what you got to do that makes the difference." I mean, because it just sounds so ridiculous. But I digress. Um, yeah, uh, the reason why we uh, I actually wanted to see get you on the show is because uh, uh, before, um, like way back, I mean, even back like uh, before I actually met you uh, for the uh, MegaCon, uh, you always talked up Doctor Who, and I did not. I don't know what it was. I was. I, I don't know. I just, it wasn't, I think it was maybe the American in me was just more like, oh, Star Trek's better. Star Wars is better. I refuse to watch Doctor Who. And I, I feel like such an ass now for, for thinking that way. I was, I was, yeah. Well, I mean, if you go back to like the original back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, it was kind of cheesy. And, you know, not that the original Star Trek wasn't kind of cheesy and its special effects and whatnot, but it was a totally, it was a different type of science fiction. It wasn't, it wasn't like a hard science fiction like the like a Star Trek where you're in outer space because most of the time he was just running around the English countryside. True. But I can understand that. But, yeah, the reboot in 2005 was a whole new whole new game. Yeah, yeah, well, I remember especially like uh, when I went down there, when I actually signed it, went down to Megacon, uh, I think it was you and, and Kevin and Carl were all just sort of talking about it. And uh, you especially was like, look, man, you really should give it a shot. The new guy they have on there, Tenet, he's yeah. he's pretty he's pretty good. As a matter of fact, his his end's coming up pretty soon. And uh, it wasn't until I had uh, my my surgery where I was just like laid down pretty much for like a month. I had nothing to do, and I watched pretty much all of Doctor Who in in like about two weeks. Like almost every day, I could, without going insane, I would watch almost every episode. Um, and then the hold up, of course, though, too, they didn't have like some of the episodes on Netflix. So I had to like, uh, you know, borrow. yeah, borrow or acquire those. And, uh, and then, and of course, and end of time is so goddamn excellent that, um, yeah, that's, that's a good, it, it's a great story. Um, but then uh, of course, so now I'm really into Doctor Who. And so, uh, day of the doctor aired, uh, uh, the time this airs will be like last week. So, um, yeah, uh, but what, what did you think of it? You're being a, I would say you're a lifelong fan of Doctor Who more than I am at this point. Um, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, they, uh, you know, and strangely, you know, fu- the funny thing is, you know, the internet being the way it is, you know, usually things are pretty polarized. Either people love it or hate it. I haven't yet to see anybody say anything bad about this, um, this show. I mean, it was 90 minutes. And of course, the amazing thing was that they simulcast it in over like, like 80 something countries worldwide at, you know, and truly simulcast at the same time. Mm-hmm. That being the definition of simulcast, I suppose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was, it was absolutely amazing. And basically kind of rewriting, um, the doctor who mythology a bit kind of, um, not rewriting, but giving it a different slant because you know, the whole thing about the doctor, I guess spoilers or whatever. Sure. Is that um, in the older shows, the Time Lords were still around. And occasionally he'd run into another Time Lord. He'd run into, well, the Master was out there, of course. That was one of his, and he was one of the ones that also escaped what he had done. But the, 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 other, the Masters, I mean, the, the other Time Lords would eventually show up. They were actually. Gallifrey was still out there, his home planet, and you'd actually see the Time Lords with their wacky um, outfits and like that. So he'd actually run into other other Time Lords. Um, but after the reboot, 
the story was is that there was this time war that um, had happened, and it was hinted at and, and pointed at and, and insinuated that the doctor, in one guise or another, had ended this time war between the Time Lords and the Daleks. And the way he did that was he actually destroyed the Time Lords and the Daleks at the same time. He set off this some kind of weapon which actually blew up, Gall- destroyed Gallifrey, and, and at the, in doing that took out the Daleks and the Time Lords all in one great kafloom. Now, obviously, a few escaped like because he keeps running the Daleks. Again, they're time travelers, so they're, they're, there's little pockets of them that didn't get completely wiped out, um, uh, which is, you know, because you have to have your bad guys. Of and course. Like the master, which was his arch-nemesis Time Lord, he escaped, and he, of course, has subsequently died um, in the one of the last tenets. Um, yeah, End of Time, I think it was. Which was a great episode. Yeah. That was, and that was, again, when the Master was one of the Time Lords. You saw the, the Time Lords in Galfrey trying to bring themselves forward before the Time War um, at that time to bring Galfrey back at, before the Doctor destroyed it. Um and that was why the doctor was so tortured. I mean, it was he was a different different doctor um, since the when he came back than it was before because there was that that era where there wasn't any doctor on the television. Now there were still books, there were still radio dramas um, out there, um, audio dramas. Uh, yeah. that I really I haven't gotten into. Uh, I might because it's kind of cool. Um, with the with the eighth doctor. Um, and now, thanks to uh, Moffat and this wonderful story, there's now a ninth, uh, a, the ninth Doctor or a War Doctor, they're calling it. So they're not going to, re- according officially, I, don't, I think they're not going to renumber the Doctors. Mm-hmm. So and it is still 10 and, and, and Matt Smith is still 11. But, um, there's, so there's the War Doctor, um, uh, which is the... Uh, um, John the, Hurt. John Hurt's character. It was awesome, by the way. Oh, my God. John Hurt is good in anything. That was just amazing. But, um, so, yeah, so that was, that was the war doctor who, he's the one that ended, because if this time war had gone on, the whole universe would have eventually been destroyed because they, obviously, the Galaks, who had t- some time travel technology, and the time lords of, or, of course, the lords of, ma- of space and time, the, the fighting was affecting the entire universe. Um, which is shown again in the again the BBC knows how to do this so well. I mean, there, there were wet little webisodes that were coming out before, leading up to this this um, the simulcast that they did. And one of them was the Eighth Doctor, the one that was in, they had that one Fox straight to t- TV movie that was supposed to reboot a Doctor yeah, Who, the Night of the Doctor, the Night of the Doctor. Now that this Eighth Doctor that has his one movie, um, uh, Paul McGann, I think his name was. Um, was supposed to spark a, a television series in the States for Doctor Who. Didn't happen at the time, thank God, because it probably would have been really stupid and silly. Um, yeah. But he would have made a great Doctor, don't get me wrong. And now, with the way things are going, maybe we'll see more of him. But, anyway, so they, there's a great webisode that shows him trying, during the Time War, what he was doing was going around, going around the, and trying to save people that were in trouble because that's what the doctor does. That the doctor is helping people. He was trying to stay out of the war, not fight, but try to help people. But while he tries to help this one person, she goes, "Oh my God, you're a time lord. Get out of here. I don't want your help. You're just as bad as Daleks. You're destroying the universe. I don't want your help. I'd rather just see you die." And that well, so that kind of lets you know in a nutshell. Obviously, the universe has had enough of this crap too, and they know that it's just causing problems. And subsequently. Crash on a planet, run into some people that have history with the doctor, see him coming, and give him a choice to regenerate into what he needs to be to end this war that they foresee, foretell and they're foretelling. And he cho- chooses to become a warrior, a war doctor, as the case may be, which is a John Hurt character. Um, and of course, again, the, again, back to the BBC doing amazing things that in this little seven minute webisode set this up so wonderfully. You yeah. see that, and, and in the reflection, you see a young John Hurt, which is awesome. And he says, Doctor, no more. Because basically what he's going to do now 
is not in the name of the doctor because the doctor has always stood for helping people and doing what's right and standing up for what's good and, and, and all that fun stuff, whatever. Right, and the great thing is, too, being that it's a young John Hurt, and when we see John, it's a older John, you know, his present age, which is he's up in years. So that means the doctor's been fighting for a very long time, which is a very nice sort of, like, you know... Because Time Lords, even when they don't regenerate, live for hundreds of years. Right. And that character currently is, like, 400-plus years old, as the, as the Matt Smith character. Because his, he, when he regenerated from the Tenet character, Tenet was, like, around 900-something, and now... Uh, the Matt Smith character is like twelve hundred something. So, yeah, they've he's got about four hundred years there. Now, do you think that the John Hurt role is was only there because Eccleston turned him down? I don't. I don't know. That's a good question. I, I kind of don't think so because I think they wanted. Um, they they kind of want. I think they wanted a mystery. Thing, that guy that did not take the name as of the doctor. Um, and Eccleston, of course, was the doctor. And I, I'm kind of disappointed that Eccleston does, obviously doesn't want to have anything to do with Doctor Who anymore. Yeah, I, I don't get that either. Like, I know there was a bad blood between him and uh, uh, the guy who created the show, or brought the show back, I mean, not created it, but um, T. Davies? Russell T. Davies? Yeah, I... I just think that's so disappointing that there is bad blood there or something, and I don't know. I because I, I mean, hey, I, he's one of the reasons why him and the whole storyline at the end with him and Jack and Rose are one of the reasons why I really stuck with the show. And, yep. now, and now I love it. You know what I mean? So I, I just it's a little disappointing. And he always seems to be very like I read interviews with him during for Thor: The Dark World playing. Malekith, where, again, Eccleston's a good actor. I just feel like in American movies, at least, he's being, he's being his role is, is cut down horribly, or they, they don't suit his talent. Um, yeah, or he's under so many layers of makeup, you don't know it's him. <laughs> right, because he played Destructo in G.I. Joe, which is a god-awful movie. Yeah. I mean, dear Lord. It's funny, in Thor, I watched I watch that Thor, and then at the end, I mean, of course, it's a Marvel movie, you know, not to leave during the you always stay. And I'm like, Nicholson. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I... Like, huh, all right. I had no idea. All right, cool. All right, yeah, but then I think about, yeah, okay. I, yeah, but uh, under all the makeup and whatnot, you're not gonna... Yeah, so, hmm. Yeah, and I, I just feel so because he did an interview for Thor: The Dark World, and someone mentioned it, and you could tell he did everything in his power to get it off of Doctor Who and... Especially coming with the fiftieth and everything else, all the other. Now, I mean, did you, have you seen the, uh, the the five-ish Doctor reunion that they put out there? This is like a half-hour um, movie on the BBC and on YouTube as well, um, where the, the the other four Doctors or five Doctors that are alive, but it focuses on three of them: the six, seven, and eight. Um, uh, I'm sorry, five, five. Yeah, no, five, six, and seven. Um, uh, trying to get into the into the into the fiftieth, trying trying to get on the set to get oh. on to get into the show. Oh, it's hilarious! I did not. I did not say. Well, I know. Uh, I, by the way, I loved Baker's cameo. By the way, like, and that's what opened the doors. That is what really opens the doors to. Okay, if the doctors are now can now. I mean, I mean, obviously that is the doctor again. I mean, he wasn't playing somebody who's just talking to the doctor. That is obviously the fourth incarnation right there, talking to the current one. Right. Um, So that's opening the doors to go back and visiting other doctors um, for one reason or another. uh, Pretty, you know, which is is, is awesome. Well, with... It was... I thought that was really cool. So, like, it was... So that... So the whole thing was a moment where it was a dream but it actually happened um, right? That's the way I read it a little bit and that last part was like the actual dream portion kicking in telling him where he needs to go next right? Or I have heard nothing about it being a dream Okay Well, I, a- I, thought you, I thought you commented on Facebook that it was, like, it was all a dream, I don't know if you were being sarcastic or not, but it could be re- read that way because his line especially is like you know, uh, Clara always and everyone always asks me, "How do I know where to go?" And I always say, "I." I he does it. mention about De- Clara asks if I ever dream. I say, "Of course I dream." 
you know that yeah he does talk about things. No, I made the joke that it was like the 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 um the the finale of of uh, Heart Show, and he wakes up in the bed next to Emily like the Bob New Heart Show. Oh yeah, okay, okay. Just making a, a joke. Uh, the um, it was like the end of you know next to his wife in the first show. Okay, yeah. No way a serious comment about what I thought was okay. going on. Well, see, I saw your comment before I actually got to see it because I missed the sim- the simulcast. I had to watch it at 7 to 9 uh, when it aired on BBC. And so I so I saw that, and I was a little bit like, oh, it's a dream? Oh, I'm brokenhearted a little bit. <laughs> no, 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 no dream. And I was like, you know what? I think Because, see, I read that. My, my first thought is, oh, it's a joke. And then literally back in my mind, I was like, what if he's being serious? Well, the... The the the, the 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 mousy scientist girl was wearing the curator's scarf the whole time. Yes, is the fourth doctor's scarf? I mean, so that's obviously not a dream. That's a real scarf. So oh go. yeah. Uh, and by the way, did you like how? Do you think Tennant did a good job playing the role again, or do you think that he did he was serviceable or stepped right back in like he never left? Are you kidding me? Oh, I know. It was so great. And I. And, okay, do you like Smith more, or do you like Tennant more, or do you like Eccleston more? Like, oh, geez. You know, they Eccleston was definitely the right doctor to bring it back. I mean, he, he hit the ground running, um, action-adventure, you know, monster-a-day type thing. And then he – I would have liked to see where he would have developed if he did more than just a single season. Mm-hmm. But to, then Tennant stepped in, and Tennant was, was great. I mean, they, they've been – Really, all really good in their own way, but I'm not crazy about how they kept getting younger. Honestly, yeah. you know, it's fine for the female demographic, whatever, blah, blah, yada, yada. But Matt Smith, I think, is about as young as you could possibly get and still have, you know, um, a full-grown regeneration of a Time Lord. Uh, but that's that's kind of pushing it. I'm happy with this. I can't wait to see what, what Capaldi can do because, honestly, he... If you look at all the doctors in the past, they've all been... Middle-aged men. They haven't been these twenty-somethings, you know, or or late, you know, early thirty-somethings that, or whatever. They haven't been these younger guys. They've been, you know, more authority figures, a little more, a little more wisdom, you know, type book in them. Not this, but um, it's like naming a favorite. I, I it's tough to really say. I love. I love the way the, the as for geez, I really can't t- I, I really don't know I that I got your tongue tied there I, well I don't know like I, I feel sort of the same way but I think at the end of the day I lean a little bit more towards Tenet and I don't know if it's just because he he felt like his stories had a little bit more of a full gamut in terms of like such overwhelming arcs what's, you, know, you, know, do you know what's funny I was about to say just the opposite I like if I have to pick individual episodes I probably like the tenant ones better, like Blink, which is not even a tenant. It's hardly ever any doctor in that damn thing. But yeah. like, you know, Don't Blink is one of the best freaking hours of television you could ever watch anywhere. Never mind the series, never mind the show, the or or whatever. Just that's some awesome television. Um, uh, but when it comes to overreaching story arcs, um, or, or um, like or or relationships and like an ensemble cast. I love the way that the whole the, the Pons and Matt Smith work together as a group. I love I, I love that. But then again, if I'm thinking about overreaching story arcs, the whole Bad Wolf thing with Tenant was awesome. But I love the whole Pandorica thing with you know. I mean, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, it it's just. I mean, the BBC really knows how to how to how to do this the story arc thing. The writers there, um, it doesn't seem. As dropped in when they make their references to putting things together, yes, they don't not as much as other. I mean, because with the Matt Smith thing, with the with the whole Pandorica, that season started right at the beginning with the crack in Amy's wall, and that went straight on through with that playing a role in several, major role in several episodes. Um, to you know, with how they helped get rid of the uh, the angels um, uh, on the spaceship and uh, the weeping angels on the spaceship, all the way through to the end, 
and it turned out that the exploding TARDIS is what caused the crack in the first place, um, which caused which 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 is why he got put in the Pandorica, which is why I mean that is just talk about forethought. That is unbelievable how they do stuff like that. I mean, uh, which is which again, which makes it a great show. And all the while, the individual episodes that put those together are all fun and, and neat. Well, I mean, something that that, uh, that I didn't like Smith up until. The, the second season he was the doctor. And my reasoning for that is, and I know this sounds really possibly, at least this is how I took it when I was watching it, was that like, he was he was good, but he wasn't what I, I, I guess, I wasn't excited like everybody else was. Like, like I remember when Smith first came out as the doctor, everybody absolutely loved him. They thought he was, you know, he was there almost better than Tenet. Um, you know, it was just wonderful press, and I just remember going like, I don't know, like something feels off, something feels off, and that whole, the whole first arc with Pandora, the whole, um, the the thing I thought was interesting is that he acts a little different than he does, or at least to me, like half the time when he's around Amy, and that's just because he's, at least this is how I took it, is at the end of the season, it was about helping her create the memories to recreate the universe, because of what happens, or to yeah. create him, and I thought that was such a unique take. And then after that, what I wanted from Smith was at that point from then on. That's what I wanted from him as the Doctor, and I got it. It was just so very bizarre that that was the choice. And now when I watch that season again, I absolutely adore it. But it makes no right. I, I, it just sort of because I remember there was one thing. There was a few times where I felt like the Doctor did things I didn't think the Doctor would do uh, up to that point, like when they were on the ship with, that was the whale. I remember there was a few things that few few ways that he said the line, and then of course in forethought, forethought though it tied everything up together. Like he was like he was sort of putting on a show for her. I mean that's how I took it. Yeah. Um, and I was like like that's and again if that wasn't planned that's my own warped mind doing that. Well then bravo for them for helping me get that far. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but but yeah I I really liked the whole. Um, and I really like the whole thing too, which is uh, you have one doctor who regrets and the other who forgets. And I, I thought, I mean, it, some of it was just it was just so much fun. It was such a blast to watch that, and I, I really loved all of it. Yeah, the way the three doctors together, um, the same person, but they all did things differently. Um, it, was, it was just a joy to watch. I mean. Just, I mean, there's so many. I mean, my my, my daughter who was on Tumblr um, uh, said, you know, soon as the, the episode was over, her Tumblr just exploded with all the quotes because you know, they do they screenshot them, put the quotes and whatever. Yeah. I mean, the thing with the bunny, the thing with the glasses, the thing with the fezes, the thing with, I mean, everything just exploded. I mean, because there's so many awesome, just funny little quotes and and it was just so well put together it was a, i mean like i said i haven't seen any negative things especially the way that they they rewrote like and we, we started mentioning about how they kind of rewrote the mythos where the the way that they put rose tyler in there the yes way that she, she was in it but she wasn't was brilliant how to bring her and put her put her as a part of this mm-hmm. but not you know it's not her they're not yanking her from that universe again they're not doing that funny thing they're just She's the avatar of the weapon. I mean, and pulled out of his mind from the future or past. She can't you know, forgets which is which, and she's a bad wolf. I mean, that's just, that's just awesome. I mean, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I really like too uh, something that it, it felt like. It, now, this I don't think I I overthought this like I did with the whole uh, first season of Smith's Run, but uh, I like how John Hurt's War Doctor plays it very. You could tell that he's very troubled because of the choice he has to make. And then towards the end, he starts enjoying himself watching himself in his future forms a little bit to see the good, like, the good that the doctors can, that his future selves will do. You can see he starts to loosen up a bit and he becomes playful a little bit like the doctor. Or he has moments of that, like when he first meets the other two doctors, there's a little bit of playfulness before you can tell he gets very serious with the fact that, oh, I ha- this is what I become. It was just wonderful writing and wonderful performance. But, I mean, from all involved, it was really quite good. Writing was awesome because I was convinced that, okay, and it makes sense. He realizes I become these two wonderful men 
because of the horrible thing that I have to do. Right. That's where I went with it. I'm like, there's nothing, there's nothing, they have to do this. I mean, because otherwise, he, he realizes that, okay, the decision I make to destroy all those children, they kept focusing on the children, which I thought was, was, was awesome as well. Yeah. Is that, you know, blow up the planet, kill all those kids, that one person counted, and the one forgot, which was, again, what you mentioned, the one that remembers when they regrets. Um, um, but, you know, that, he, that this is what he's going to have to do. It has to be done because there's no other way to, uh, to do that. I mean, this, it's the only way that he becomes these men, which saves so many planets and saves so many people because they're doing it to try to help fix, to make up for the horrible, horrible, horrible thing that he has to do to stop the war. Right. Yeah, it's it's just it's oh, it's brilliant. It's oh, just, it's, it's brilliant. I, I see. I, I, I for me, honestly, I found a hard time finding any faults with it. Um, but like you being a, 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 a fan longer than I have, did you find any faults within it at all? Um, I thought I did, but then I found out I was mistaken. Like what? Well, because when they when, the one part where they were. Um, the whole thing with the sonic screwdrivers? Yeah. How they said, you know, it's the same sonic screwdriver, same core, just different casing. Yeah. And I realized, you know, because, you know, the, the, the tenants was destroyed and Matt got a new one. But it wasn't, they, they said it's the same software core, the same, soft, same program running on it. Not, so it wasn't actually the, the same. So that the same program would have been put on the new one. That would have been still been running, so that would still work. So that was kind of a nitpicky thing. Where yes, he got a new, you know, you know his was completely destroyed. But if it, but it's it, it is connected to the TARDIS. The tar, the software is actually in the TARDIS. It's just the Sonic Screwdriver itself is that has some stuff on it. But so technically, it's the same software core. So it's still doing what it's doing. So I, I, that didn't that that wasn't nitpicky enough to to fall. Oh no! I well, you know because actually now you said it, I started thinking that too. But you're you're right. If it's the same software uploaded there and there and there, it would it because Soft. right because when they've been rerunning Doctor Who all weekend, they had the whole the Christmas episode, uh, the Christmas Carol. Uh, half of it gets eaten by a shark. Right. So stuff like that, and right. so it's not. It, it's just the it's the software, and yes, it's it, it's that's more the, the screwdriver is more of the scanner part that's running on the TARDIS. It's not really a it, it it's not it, it yeah. So it's not really so that that'll work. That, that you can't help that. But um, again, there are nerdier, geekier people than me that might have found something to complain about, but I, I can't. Nothing really else jumped out of me, and and believe me, I'm. If something didn't make sense, I I probably you know obviously an obvious mistake or something. I would have. That's why the sonic screw everything at first, and I thought about it like no, they probably they, they mentioned the software core, not the right. Not the not, well, not the, well, I have a question for you then, because I think I might have missed it, but I think or maybe not. Why did the war doctor? He did, he wasn't dying, at least I'm aware of. Why did he turn into Eccleston? Is it because when the the women of Karn gave him the potion to make the decision, it's once he ends the war, he will. I, he also says something about he was all worn out. I I think it was a combination, of, but I think it had more to do with the potion that made him regenerate. Was um. What was again? It was for the war, and because either a the plan either got destroyed or b because at that time they didn't know if it was if their plan worked or not. All they know is that the planet went away. So whether it was destroyed or saved, the war was over. So he was no longer needed. So it was time for him to go. Now the question of whether or not they would remember or not—that's kind of iffy because you know they should, apparently all the doctors were there including 13 because they showed or 12 because they showed the eyes right, right. Um, they, so they were all there so why wouldn't they remember that they tried to save the planet instead of destroy it 
That's true. The the thing I thought they were going to do to fix that a little bit, at least with uh, the the other doctors, was they would have used the thing that Unit has, where it erases their memories, and they didn't go that path, which I thought was interesting. It's just, oh no, it's a temporal um, anomaly. We'll just, you know. I don't know if that would work on uh, Time Lord or not. Oh, that's a good point. Because their, their anatomy and structures and how their brains map is completely different than a normal human being or other creature. Obviously, it works on humans and uh, Zygons, or whatever the word Zygons, right? Yeah, because I remember the quote. It's like a Zygon be gone or something like that. And I love the fact that the nerdy chick, they knew which was which. They knew which one was human and which one wasn't. But they weren't telling the people that were, they're like, they weren't, they weren't going to tell them, you know, which, they were going to let them keep going because they, they wanted it to, to work. Because okay. of the inhaler, they knew. The one that, the actual human had the inhaler. Right. Only, remember there was only one inhaler? Oh, no, yeah, I, yeah. Well, wait a minute, so, I thought the alien took the inhaler from her. No, when, when she escaped, when she, when she, when she tripped the, oh, she the alien. She grabbed it, that's right. So, when they made him forget who was who, the human had the inhaler. So, when the one that coughed and said, here, and she handed it to him, she's like, shh. In other words, yeah, I'm the human, you're the Zygon, we know this, but... Don't tell. Gotcha. Okay, because I thought it was the other way around. Oh, my. Okay, wow. Tell the bitch on the table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. I, you know, it, it, was, it was such a great, such a great special. Uh, the only thing, there was a part of me that I, I sort of wanted is that I, I haven't seen it yet. I think I was taping the re-airing of it tonight or tomorrow, is the the, the made-for-TV movie, right, about the first Doctor? Yeah, that was really good, too. I enjoyed that. Um, I, I, there's a part of me is that, I mean, I understand it's a, re, it's a respect to the original actor, but especially with the 50th anniversary, why not have something similar where that actor or other actors play the Doctors and they all, I don't know. I guess that would have been my... Have them all there instead of just have Matt Smith? Uh, well, yeah. Like, I don't understand. Like, Tennant said this, and this is accurate. It's like, look, man, this is your show right now, and none of us should ever feel like we should be stepping into your... and in, in taking the limelight away from you. And I, I agree with that. But I, I, I think it would have been pretty cool, like, um, you know, if some of them are, are passed away or you can't find a good replacement of good look-alike, then I, I totally understand. Like, maybe just like they did showing the the footage as they did in the in the I guess that was the only thing that was jarring for me as just a viewer just as a person a fan of film or TV was uh, I loved it I absolutely loved it and the, the geek in me just screamed with joy you know squeed was they showed all 11 at the time you know all the doctors just pretty much old clips of them messing around with the TARDIS you know yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a part of me that was like, but then they would do an actual cutaway into David Tennant's TARDIS and then Matt Smith's TARDIS. Right. And, and that it sort of took me out of that moment yeah. that it made me go, well, why couldn't they just at least have a stand-in of recreate the set, maybe not see their face, but you can see and have the actors who are still alive just voice the voice it or something, you know, as do that instead. I, I guess that sort of irked me a little bit. Do a clip from their old show or something where they're actually in their TARDIS is doing something, not just from the screens on the uh, from the Time Lords or anything. Something a little more. Yeah, because they can do the whole thing too, where um, you can digitally remaster the shot. Yeah, right. Exactly. But at that point, and here's the thing, though the other the other movie geek in me knows for a fact that it's probably way too expensive to do that. So. I guess that would be the only thing that I, I, you know, in my wish list of things that I wish Moffat would have done. That was pretty much it. But beyond that, there at the end. I mean, they had all. Oh yeah, and they had Capaldi there as the thirteenth Doctor uh, or twelfth Doctor. Capaldi wasn't standing there. The We're not standing there. I'm sorry, not standing there. Oh, you're talking about the standing thing. I thought you were talking about like uh, you see his eyes. You see, you see his eyes when yeah, for the when they're all thirteen Doctors are, are have their Tardises around uh, Gallifrey trying to save it. Um, to put it in that state, status bubble or whatever. But at the end, when they, you know, they're all standing in that V formation with the first one behind them, and the other twelve, uh, other eleven doctors, yeah, stand behind. That was that was really. I thought that was such a, a, a touching 
and poignant way to end the whole special. Yeah. But yes. um, and then we have just one more special left, and then he regenerates into the the new Doctor, right? I'm not sure. I, I, I would assume it's coming up. It's got to be soon because Capaldi is ready to go. It's probably the Christmas special when it regenerates at the end of that. I, I would I would guess. Well, hopefully he doesn't like you know destroy the TARDIS again because that was a bit of a bummer. Well, <laughs> well, I mean I understand why when the regeneration happened, it had to take the the radiation within it, like you know it leveled the TARDIS, but. <laughs> Well, I mean, new Doctor, new TARDIS, usually. So, but I mean, this one's pretty new. I mean, with the spinning things and the and the whatnot. So, I don't know if he'll uh, if he'll real decorate or not. They call it a new desktop, is what he usually does. You yeah. know, like the TARDIS gets a new desktop when the new Doctor moves in. What, what was it that Tenet's Doctor, I think, said, or if not during the special, it was maybe on the Graham Norton show later that night? Was Tenet's like, yeah, he's like, yes, we have same sound screwdriver, yes, yes, yeah. His TARDIS has the spinny things at the top, while mine doesn't, or something like that. It was, it was very funny. Different sound of screwdriver. Mine's bigger. Yes, yes, I know, I know. <laughs> what? It's like, oh, the circles. What do the circles do? I have no idea, but they're great, aren't they? You know. Yeah, the, the, the circle things. I love those. What are they for? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Well, thank JT man. Thanks very much for uh, uh, for doing this. I appreciate you talking a bit for about Doctor Who for a bit. Uh, and what I agree with is as uh, pretty much a, a flawless uh, special to I think Whovians and non Whovians alike. Uh, those who watch the, the special. So, um, yeah. Watch it. Also in like 1500 theaters in 3D at the same time as well. Yeah, and they're also, I think today they said that they, I think Moffat Smith and uh, the girl who played Clara, they were uh, at the ceremony to pick up the World Guinness World Records for. Yes, yep. Which is pretty damn cool. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, my pleasure, man. Anytime. Get out of here without. Jeez! You're a creep! Go away! We're having a good time until you start up, cheapers! Go have some coffee with cream or something! Because I'll tell you something! This is a happy place! What the fuck am I supposed to say? <laughs> what the song is that?